Let's turn to the reading of God's Word from Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 20. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Here ends the reading of God's holy and inspired word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that the words now spoken are not just my words, but uh, your words guided by the Holy Spirit that will encourage us, that will challenge us, that will enlighten us. So Lord, speak to me and use me to speak to all of us with open arms, open hearts, open ears, open lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So what is the big deal? Or what is the difference between wishing Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas? How do words affect us? Does it, does it make any difference? Happy Holidays is what many people say. The other day I went into the, the grocery store and I was coming out and the bell ringer said to me, Happy Holidays. And I thanked them. Because that's what people want. People want to be happy. But what is the definition of happy? The dictionary defines happy as delighted, pleased, or glad over a particular thing. So in other words, happy is a state of, of being. We find ourselves when we receive things of this world. 
Happy is not what Christ came to earth for. God never promised us a rose garden. Neither did Loretta Lynn. Checking to see the age of my audience. But God did give us a rose garden. We messed it up. We disobeyed. And we were banned from that rose garden. The angel in the text today give us great news. Good news of great joy to all people. Let's look at that in verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Not just for you few shepherds. Not just for your family, but for us today. The angels didn't say, we're bringing good news to make us happy. How do we, as Christians, make a difference? How do we make a stand for Christ at Christmas? You think at Christmas should be the easiest time to evangelize because everybody is talking about Christmas. They're talking about Christ. But people are, are trying to, to, to stop that and, and trying to be happy some of you may remember in 2005, retailers tried to stop selling Christmas trees. They were selling holiday trees. Well, that didn't go over too well. They were trying to be politically correct in selling holiday trees, but as many of us may remember, that didn't work. The message being presented over naming a tree is people don't want to endorse Christianity. They don't want to endorse Christ, even by saying the word Christmas. Don't bring Christ into the picture. So how do we as followers of Christ, how do we as Christians, how do we as believers keep Christ in Christmas? Because we believe if you take Christ out of Christmas, there is no Christmas. Oh, people can celebrate, people can give gifts, and people can do all that. But the true meaning of Christmas is gone. We need to be reminded of the questions we asked. The difference between a holiday tree and a Christmas tree. And where is the line to see Jesus? Some people may know that Christmas is not actually the date of Christ's birth. But do you know where it came from? December 25th. December 25th was part of the pagan festival to the sun god Apollos. Now, I didn't realize that until I, you know, just, you know, I thought maybe somebody, you know, took a dart, threw it at a board and said, oh, there's a good, you know, or end of year, let's. But no, it was, it was a pagan. How many knew that? You see, we don't celebrate. Hey, December 25th, let's celebrate the sun god, Apollos. But many people celebrate Christmas because Christ is still celebrated. Why do you think that is? Because the goal of Christmas is to bring hope to people. Not so much happiness. Oh, that's a, that's a side effect. You know, we can be happy this time of year. But the true meaning of Christmas is bringing us hope. There's so much money 
and so much time spent at this time of year, it makes my head spin. And it's all to celebrate one day. What happens on December 26? Hmm? How many lives are changed on December 26? Well, many of us, because we got to get in line and return half the gifts, right? You got to go stand in a long line and return the gifts. Or maybe you want to get a better deal because the day after Christmas they have some great sales. So we can get all our, our wrapping paper and our bows and all that at 75% off. Not many lives are changed because of Christmas. The lives that are changed probably don't hand a, hold a candle to those that are exchanging gifts. And the gifts, think about all that. The time and the effort to find the particular gift for that particular person. And the difficult thing that we find as we age, and I remember my parents were getting older, it's like, what in the world do you get them? They have everything, or they're living in assisted living, they don't need any, you know, what do you get? Or you have a parent who, you know, whenever they need something, they go out and buy it. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me? I could have got you a gift. And so we spend all that time and the effort. I rack my brain. And that doesn't take much. But I struggle what to get certain people. And what I give them is a gift. And what about that gift? That gift is going to wear out. It's going to break. It's going to need repairs. That's the gift that I want to give. Are we giving hope to others this Christmas? Anybody in here in line with the shepherds to see Jesus? What an amazing way that Christ brought his only son into the world. He was not an ordinary baby. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary. He was born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread. Jesus was called the, the bread of life, the bread from heaven, because he feeds us. He feeds our needs, not gives us happiness and fulfills our wants. Because we all want what? The American dream? We want a, a bigger house, a bigger for men. We want a bigger garage to put bigger toys in. You know, I've got to have four cars, even though I can only drive one. I've got to have a boat. I've got to have, you know, all this sort of stuff. I need it because my neighbor's got it. But Jesus comes into the world, stillness of the night, surrounded by a stable. God didn't rent the penthouse. He didn't rent billboards to put lights and signs up saying, hey, my son is born, let's celebrate. He didn't have newsmen there, CNN, CNBC, Fox, CBS, ABC, CBS. No, he didn't have any of those. He had his own billboard. It was angels. Angels that filled the sky, trumpeting the voice of the good news. And out in the field was the racket, the holy billboard. To simple shepherds. If you read the Bible, shepherds are very important in the Bible. Two of the most famous shepherds are Moses. Moses, who was tending sheep, and God called him to lead his people out of Egypt into the promised land. King David, the little boy, 
shepherd, killed Goliath, came to, to write the, many of the Psalms, become one of the greatest kings of Israel. Jesus came as a servant king. What was the, what was the shepherd's response? Well, let's look at that. They came and they were terrified. They were terrified. Well, we would be too. Holy billboard lighting up the sky at night, and they would be, we would be scared, we would be frightened. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. So look at verse 15. When the angels had left them gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. See this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They left their sheep. They left their sheep and they went to see. Now, they didn't wait. They didn't call in and say, hey, can you tell me what time visiting hours are? No. They were first in line to see the Son of the world, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. They were first in line. But they weren't the last. Because we too today are standing in line to see Jesus. Jesus, the Savior of the world, awaited promised Savior. Ever since the fall of mankind in Genesis, God said to Adam and Eve, I will bring a Savior, a promised Messiah who will redeem you. Redeem us to a right relationship. Adam and Eve and mankind was banished from the garden, but not forgotten. And the fulfillment of his promise was first given to lowly shepherds minding their sheep. God's message of salvation came through a child, an infant, came for all people, everyone here today, everyone who hears this message can be in line to see Jesus because he came for the humble in heart. Not for the proud, not for the happy, not for the things of this world, but the humble people, people who are humble and realize I need something more in my life. I need Jesus in my life. I need hope more than I need happiness. Don't miss out on that opportunity. Christmas is the greatest time to share about Jesus Christ. Kids in the mall waiting a long line to sit on Santa's lap and tell him that they want for Christmas. They're filled with excitement as they wait. When they tell Santa, they leave with a renewed hope that Santa will bring them what they want. When we're in line to see Jesus, we come to see Jesus. He gives us what we need. We need hope. He provides us hope in all situations, knowing that there is a better tomorrow. Jesus promised us God sent him once, and he's coming again. I, I decided to wear my Christmas tie. This is my only Christmas tie. It doesn't have a Christmas tree. It doesn't have flower or plants or, or, or presents or anything on it. It's got a cross. It's got a cross. Because Jesus Christ was born so that he could die and give us hope for an eternal life. And that's what Christmas is about. The Son of Man, the Son of God coming into the world. 
to rebuild that relationship with Jesus. Life, when you have Jesus in, brings you a peace that surpasses understanding, that overshadows your life. So many people are in pursuit of happiness, happy holidays. Reminds me of a guy by the name of Roscoe P. Coltrane, always in pursuit of the Duke boys. Happy holidays leaves us without hope because hope is found in a Merry Christmas because Christmas for us is about Christ. You've probably heard the saying, seeing is believing. Anybody ever seen a man pull an airplane? Anybody ever see a man pull a train? Or a man make an airplane, a whole airplane disappear? We've seen it on TV. We say, I don't know how that happens, but I believe it. Because seeing is believing. We believe many things because we see them. But do you see things because you believe? When you believe the message of the angel and the stories of the shepherds, do you see the Christ at Christmas? There is hope to see Christ this Christmas, and we need to share how. Did you notice how the shepherds reacted to seeing the baby? They went and they told everybody, he looks just like his mother. No. No. Let's look at verse 17 and verse 20. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. So they believed because they were told first and then they saw. Believing is seeing. And then verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen just as they had been told. They spread the word concerning Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. We need to be spreading the word about Jesus. We need to tell people where the line is to see Jesus and the hope that he brings to our lives this Christmas. Let us pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we thank you that you are our Father, that we can call you by name, that we can have a relationship with you, that you provide for us, and we are so grateful and so thankful. Lord, we pray that the, this, this season will be a season of, of hope, a season of believing, a season of, of sharing. And Lord, use each one of us to further your kingdom for your glory and for your honor. In your name we pray. Amen. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper which we are about to celebrate is a feast of remembrance, of communion, and surprise, of hope. We come in remembrance that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law 
even the bitter and shameful death of the cross. By his death, resurrection, and ascension, he established a new and eternal covenant of grace and reconciliation that we might be accepted by God and never be forsaken by him. We come to have communion with this same Christ who's promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens us into life eternal. In the cup of blessing, he comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge and a foretaste of the feast of love, which we shall partake when his, full, when his kingdom has fully come, when with unveiled face we shall behold him, made like unto him in his glory. Since by his death, resurrection, and ascension, he has obtained for us this life-giving spirit, he unites us all in one body. We are to receive this supper in true heavenly love, mindful of the communion of saints. All those who have confessed their faith and believe in Jesus Christ are welcome at the table. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, it is a joy to give you thanks. We need to give you thanks in all times and places because you are the almighty, everlasting, the unchanging God. You created the heaven and all the hosts and the earth and all its plenty. You've given us life and being and you preserve us by your providence. You have shown in the fullness of your love in sending into the world the eternal word, Jesus Christ, who became man for us and for our salvation. For that precious gift, we are so grateful. And we praise you and we bless you. We commemorate in the supper the perfect sacrifice offered on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ for the sin of the whole world. The joy of the resurrection and the expectation, the hope of his coming again. We offer our lives as holy and living sacrifices. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread which we will break may be to us the communion of the body of Christ. And the cup which we bless may be the communion of the blood. Grant that being joined together in him, we may obtain to the unity of faith and grow up in all things into him who is the head of the church, even Christ our Lord Jesus. Amen. Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to him, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. After the same manner, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it, in remembrance of me. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. The elders may come forward. <clears throat> 